Hi, welcome to another episode of the Vestat podcast. Today, Jesus brought a topic. Jesus. Today, I'm going to be talking about uh, inequality with Alex, about how it's measured, how it's presented, uh, in what ways perhaps the presentation of it can be misleading. And at the end of the day, we're going to give a little bit of our opinion on if this matters, why it could matter and why it might not matter. So that's sort of the plan for today. Yes. Um, if you listen to some weird noises, it can be because of the construction site that it's besides, uh, beside of our home. So sorry for that, but there's no... We are innocent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's begin. So um, first, why do we even talk about inequality? Right? Oh, yes. I, I just wanted to mention something. Yeah. If you're listening to this on Spotify or on some only audio platform, you can find this podcast also on YouTube. And Jesus presented, is presenting with some slides and, so, and also some statistics. So if you want to see them, go to YouTube and check them out. Yeah, at the end, I will also mention um, some sources uh, that are perhaps interesting to you if you want to get more deeply into the topic. So, um, first, why do we even talk about inequality, right? So, why is this even an issue? And to understand this, we have to uh, first look at what are some of the supposed consequences of inequality. And authors like uh, Thomas Piketty, which was very famous, um, claim that um inequality carries with it uh, many social dysfunctions right that it correlates with violent crimes teenage birth drug abuse social mobility trust political stability it harms general population health it even says sometimes that it harms education's outcomes uh, piketty would even go further he would say it destroys democracy it creates social tensions and some people would today say yeah i mean uh, look at chile right it's it's burning right it's the social inequality that cannot be uh, sustained well this yeah. this sounds very serious yeah yeah it sounds very serious and i think everybody has heard a little bit of this i, I can imagine you yourself it, it's an issue right so everybody is aware uh, of the issue of inequality yes Okay, so uh, try some technical problems right here. Try to go to preset and yes, the, the bone don't, yeah, okay. Maybe. Okay, here we go. So, as we were saying, Okay, so the next point is, what do we even mean with inequality, right? What, what is inequality? And so I have two graphs here um, that I prepared. In one graph, um, Alex has a total amount of 10 euros and I have 20 euros, right? And, and the inequality would be simply the gap between me and Alex, right? The gap between the rich and the poor. So the uh, gap is 10, exactly. 10 euros. Exactly. Okay. And here on the other side, um, Alex has eight euros or six, I believe. Sorry, that, yeah. Alex has six euros and I have eight. There, the gap is smaller, right? Yeah, it's two. two. Yeah. 
So um, what I think you can see from this is inequality says nothing about the level of income. Yeah, so in the, the, the second example would be better because we're more equal, right? Yeah, I mean, according to that standard, yes, it, it would be more equal. Uh, but we're both worse off. Yeah. Um, another another question would be if we both got more money and then we got more equal, right? That, that would be also another case which I haven't shown, uh, which is rare, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you only look at inequality, it's it's the gap exactly. that we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. It okay. says nothing about the level of, uh, of living of the people involved. Okay. Okay, and... And here you see the, the difference between inequality of poverty, right? Which relates to what we just said. Because normally there are two concepts of poverty. There is the concept that I think you and me uh, would normally use, which is what they call absolute poverty. And absolute poverty means um, if somebody is under conditions of absolute poverty, he does not have enough income to sustain his life. But he does not have enough to eat, to maybe clothing, house perhaps. Right, and here so, so what Jesus is showing here is a graph where you can see the absolute poverty line from 1820 to 2015, and you can see how there's been decreasing, uh, yeah, steadily for all these years. Yeah, I mean the the from from 1820 uh, the the statistic here uh, begins, and at that time the amount of absolute poverty was around 90% and by 2015 there's only 10% left so it was practically a, a nobody um, is um, absolute poor uh, is under conditions of absolute poverty today uh, it is even estimated that by 2030 uh, there will be no poverty left no absolute poverty left well wow. yeah which is amazing right? cool yeah now but most people notice right so in Germany, I actually looked this up, the amount of people who live in absolute poverty is 0%. <laughs> so there, there is no absolute poverty. Still, people in Germany talk about poverty, but what they mean is a different thing. Right? What they mean is relative poverty, which in reality is just another measure for inequality. Which is, the way it's calculated is, it's 50% under the median income. The median income is basically you make a list of all the people and all their income, and then you look at the number that's in the middle, right? You simply look at who is the person who is earning, who 50% who of people are earning less than him and 50% of people are earning more than him. You look at that person. Okay. And if you have ha half of what he has, you're poor. In Germany, this is like a thousand euros, which means that I'm poor. Oh, which, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very sorry for you. Yeah, <laughs> which is sad. Uh, but, but I don't feel poor, but I, I'm fine. Yeah, you're not. You're really not poor. <laughs> um. Yeah. And another thing is, if you have this relative conception of poverty, if poverty is defined by if you have less than the person who is in the middle, my question to you would be, can you ever eliminate poverty? No. Well, no, but there's, there's one way. Well, yeah, if every, everyone has ex the exact same amount of money. Exactly. So what this, what this vision is saying, the only way to solve poverty is to be absolutely equal. If we do not do that, we will always live in a nation with poverty. Yes, and if you have someone who has just one euro more than everyone else, then that would be like a crisis because 
99% of the people would be poor. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think this concept of relative poverty um, distracts us from what actually solves poverty. Because, I mean, look at this, look at this example. Imagine I would go out there and I would steal um, from five uh, poor guys everything that they have, right? And then I would go to VMV and I would burn down the entire factory. Okay. If you have a, a relative conception of poverty, the poor got richer. Hmm. Because the poor lost, right? Yeah. But the rich lost more. Ah, and because of that, in comparison, the poor are better off. I see. So, so income inequality is less. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Yeah, I see. And because relative poverty is a measure of inequality, then there is less relative poverty. Ah, I see. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a really tricked way of thinking about the issue, mm. which switches the focus from the actual living conditions of the people who are poor to the gap, which is a different thing. Yeah. Okay, um, the next point that I wanted to share is, I'm just going to read this um, quote to you, and then you can tell me what you think about it. And this shows the, the difference between income and well-being, right? Because what we're looking at is income inequality normally, mm -hmm. but income and your standard of living are very different things, right? So, for example, as I said, I'm apparently poor, yeah. but I live a night, I'm fine, right? Yeah. So, well, um, this is from a book from, from Thomas Sowell. It's called uh, The Vision of the Anointed. And he says the following. Data from the 1990s census showed that Stanford, California, have one of the highest poverty rates among more than 100 communities in the large region known as the San Francisco Bay Area. Although the community of Stanford coincides with the Stanford University campus, where many faculty members live, it had a higher poverty rate than East Palo Alto, a low minority community not far away. Stanford is the second richest university in the country. Its faculty are among the highest paid and its top administrators have six-figure salaries. How could Stanford have more poverty than a rundown ghetto community? The answer is that students greatly outnumber professors. Stanford graduate students live in rent-subsidized housing located walking distance of their work and recreation. Uh, I might add here that it's subsidized by those who live in the ghetto as well. This is not a product of deception, but of the acceptance of numbers as representing human realities. I see. So, so we have here a very rich university uh, with a lot of students that earn nothing and some professors. So the inequality is huge. And you compare that to some very poor community but everyone is like equally poor, so their the income inequality is okay there in that community. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So basically, no, no. So the the the, the point is, as I get it, is basically that it's it's absolutely misleading, right? Uh, you you look at the people in in Stanford that, that study in Stanford, and those people are, are rich, right? They're very well off by any standard. But they don't have an income itself because they're probably just studying there. Yes. In comparison to in a pure community, they do have an income, which is positive. Mm -hmm. So they treat the campus where the people who are rich by any normal comprehension of the word. Even though um, the people who are actually poor are treated as if they were well off. Right. So it's it's the, yes. the way that data is presented is mixes 
uh, up relationship, but it's it's not clear what you can even should imagine when you say somebody has a low income. It doesn't yeah. mean they're poor. I see. So the the well being of the students in Stanford is very good, mm -hmm. uh, way better than the the one of this poor community. But this type of measurement doesn't reflect that and says at the end nothing or the opposite. Exactly. So it's it's not clear uh, how income relates to well-being. Right? So see. that's just the, the point. Um, and it's very difficult, right? Um, because how do you account, for example, for, for education right? in, in this case? Right? Mm -hmm. you, you can't. It's, it's really complicated. So yeah, that's another point which often uh, gets confused. So here now, getting to the sort of more mathematical stuff, uh, how is inequality even measured? Um, here you see a graph. This is a graph um, of for the world um, for world uh, BAP in, in general, right? And then you sort of look at how much of everything that is produced on Earth goes to the ten richest percent, right? So you look at the ten percent of people who have the biggest amount of income. And then you ask yourself, okay, how much of the income that they have is a percentage of everything that exists? So, for example, in, in 1985, in the graph here that I showed, you see that the 10% of people owned 50% of total output. Mm, and then you see the, the evolution, right? It, it peaks at around 2005, and then it keeps on decreasing until uh, huh. 2015. So, yeah, you, you said, ah, right? So, yeah. it's a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you wouldn't think that, right? So the way it's presented, you would think that this problem is getting to, to uh, absurd proportions and it's always getting more equal. And, and that's not all, right? So even, even Piketty, right? Even people who really push this agenda of inequality have to recognize that on a world level, inequality has decreased dramatically. Well, uh, between 2005 and 2015, you mean? or Yeah, uh, well, 1985 and 2015. So the the and and it keeps and it keeps on uh, on going lower. So that so the trend is a negative one. Okay. No. Um, but yeah, of course. Sorry, let's be correct. Um, from 1985 to 2000, it was increasing. Yeah. And then it began to drop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. That's what they mean. That's what I, that's what I meant. Um, yeah. Now, but here there's another problem, and this is again another con another quote. What sense would it make to classify a man as handicapped? because he is in a wheelchair today, if he is expected to be walking again in a month and competing in track races, track meet and marathons at the end of the year. So basically, we're looking at the people who have ten, the, the maximum, the richest people today, right? Mm. And we classify them as the top 10%. Mm -hmm. But the next day, these people might be on the middle of the distribution. Oh, I see. So you're treating this as if this was like a, you know, like a secret group who have like a cave where they hoard the money and yeah. they take it away from the people when actually it's continually changing. Yeah, yeah. So, so looking at this graph, I can see like 1995, from 1995 to 2005, uh, the top 10% was accumulating more and more wealth. And when I see this, I imagine one group of people mm -hmm. that is for this uh, 20 years period, like as if it would be only one group, but it exactly. doesn't have to be one Not group all. of people. Like the, the 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 one, some rich guy in 1995 could have been poor the next year and... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and look, and, and this is another point. Because this is measured as a percentage of the population, 
it might look as if there is a fixed group that is getting richer, but it might be theoretically that it's even less that's, that the income is even more better distributing between more people. So the amount of people who actually account for the ten percent always gets bigger, right? There are always more people in the ten percent numbers, okay. right? Because population grows, so the group itself that is always changing mm -hmm. also grows. So it's it would be expected that they also have more money, right? Mm. So well, in many ways, it's it's confusing, right? So the point is it's income at a given point in time, right? So we look at today and the 10% is always changing instead of living on the lifetime evolution. Okay, and the last one, this is really like a famous um, way of measuring inequality, which is the Gini coefficient. And the Gini coefficient is basically a number that tries to, um, tries to give a quick look at how unequal a distribution is. Here you see the same graph before, but now we look at it from the Gini coefficient. It looks similar, not exactly the same, but it looks very similar. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to try to talk a little bit uh, how the Gini coefficient is. It's sort of complicated, but uh, my point is not to, to sort of go into the detail why we use it. My point is simply to show how confusing this is <laughs> and that most people, it's not clear what, if, what this is supposed to mean. I see. So here you see on the, on the left uh, a situation of perfect equality. Um, how this comes about is the following. You look um, at the bottom, there is the cumulative percent of population. So basically the first point, black point that you see on that red line, would be how much percent of everything that is produced does the 1% of population have? Right? And maybe in a perfect distribution, this would mean 1% of people have 1% of the wealth. Mm -hmm. right? Then if you look at... 1 to 2, right, so the 2% of people, right, so the same 1% and another 1%, they together have 2% of oh, everything that is produced. Yeah. And you keep on going this way, right, till the end, where you get that 100% of people own 100% of the money, right? Yeah. This always has to be the case. Yeah. So this is why you see this, this line, mm. right? This is the perfect equality line. And you see on all other graphs that this line is sort of um, there just like pointed so but one question to, mm -hmm. to the first graph so how would this look in reality if we were like uh, take take the community of this home we were four people living here mm -hmm. so that means everyone has the same amount of money exactly the same amount of money correct like yeah okay. we have exactly everybody has exactly the same amount of money um it might be income or wealth right i see yeah that's just what it's, it's illusory right i mean nobody yeah. has never existed and probably will never exist yeah and if it exists it's for one minute and yeah, then somebody changes also. something <laughs> also yeah yeah uh, but it's yeah sort of the ideal the perfect okay quality, okay yeah. yeah and then uh, i think for for, for explanations but that goes to the to the other opposite first here you would have total inequality and total inequality would be that everybody so 99.9 .9 of people have nothing and then there's one person who has everything. Okay. And this is what you see here, right? So it stays at zero, right? All of this, 40%, 50%, 60%, 80% of the population altogether have still 0% of oh, resources. Okay. And then Y guy has everything. Okay. So, so in this home, three have nothing and one has, it could be one euro or 10 euro or one, one billion euros. Exactly. That's a good point. I but see. he has everything. Right? I see. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and here you see there is like this this um, this area right from the line to so from the perfect equality line 
to the actual distribution that we have in this example, which is the red one. Ah, uh, the area. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and we say that the area, which is the maximum area, we call one. Hmm. And what the Gini coefficient basically does is, okay, we look at another distribution like this one, which is a little bit more equal. And then we compare, we see, okay, this area is has a size. How much of it is it in comparison to one? So basically this would be 0.7% of the area that this square has. Mm, okay. And then we say it's the Gini coefficient of 0.7, for example. And here the area is smaller, so we'd say it's zero point five. Hmm. Right. So that's sort of the the idea of of the of the coefficient, right? Okay. I see. Okay. But now um, the question that I would ask is: so so perfect equality, the Gini coefficient would be zero. Exactly. And total inequality, the Gini would be one. Exactly. Okay. And now uh, now if you if you remember that last you said the total inequality is one, right? And then you look at this graph and look at the year, for example, 2005. You have a Gini coefficient of 0.7. Hmm. Okay. How does that sound? Mm, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds horrible, right? I mean, it's it's almost one. <laughs> um, yeah. I, no, yeah. No idea, right? Yeah. No, no, no clue, right? I mean, uh, wh what does it even mean, right? When is it two unequal? 0 0.5, 0 0.7, 0 0.3, 0 0.2, 252. It's... It's really, really weird uh, sort of way of looking at this. Yes. How equal can a society even be, right? So we, we talked at the beginning, zero is impossible. Yeah. What is even possible? Yeah, because you're, I guess you're counting babies in the statistic with old people. Yeah, that, that I'm going to touch on that. <laughs> yeah. Later, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, um, it's not clear what that would mean and and, and it's... If the minimum that can be achieved, for example, is 0 0.5, what sense does it make to present this between 0 and 1, when the only possible gap is between, for example, 0 0.5 and 0 0.7, or 0 0.8, right? So it's making it, the, the, the way that this is constructed makes it so that inequality looks extremely big because you have numbers that are unachievable at the bottom. You get what I'm saying? No, not really. So, um, imagine that I have a imagine I have a um, a way of counting inequality from zero to ten, right? Yeah. But the numbers from zero to six are impossible to achieve. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So a little bit of inequality is already a seven, which sounds like it's right, enormous, uh. but zero from six is impossible. So actually, it's quite low. Uh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the way it's presented sort of makes you automatically think that it's uh, extremely unequal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I see. Well, um, that about the Gini coefficient. And now we get to some more fun stuff. <laughs> so, okay, great. Yeah. Okay, so here you see I made a beautiful drawing here. Oh, yeah. R really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, for this example, we have a household. And there is uh, one woman who earns $100,000 a year. Right? What a woman. Yeah, wow. what a woman. Yeah, I, I intentionally made it uh, the woman and not the man because then I'm probably going to be called a sexist. Yeah, yeah. Like that. So that would I, be really sexist. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I prepared myself and now nobody can say I'm, I'm a sexist. So, um, and the reason why we're going to talk about this home is because we're going, to, we're going to compare how we even measure that income, right? Do we do we count it per household or do we count it per income, per, per individual, sorry. Yeah. Right? Um, and my point is that it's not even clear how you should do this. For example, if you do it per individual, right? Mm -hmm. In this household, one person has everything, which is the mom, 
Yes, we are seeing a woman who earns uh, 100k and yeah. a man who earns zero. Correctly, yeah. And two children who also earn zero. Ah, yeah. That is the ah, household. okay, yeah. So we have mom, dad, two children. The mom goes and works for 100k. The father stays at home and takes care of the children. Yeah. So that's of the, the idea, right? Yeah. So yeah, in this example, if you count the income per individual, this household, one person has everything, which is the mom. Yeah. She earns all money. Everybody has a zero. Yes. So we have a Gini coefficient of one. I see. In this household. So right? total inequality. Exactly. Yeah. And this is misleading, right? Obviously misleading. Even, right, because the mom, it's not as if she had a 100k income and she kept it to herself and let everybody starve, right? Yeah. No, they share it more or less equally. It might even be the case that the mother even gets less than 25,000. Yeah. Because she spends it on the children on, or husband. Yeah. Right? So this would be one problem with looking at it like individually, mm. right? It's, it's confusing. But if you look at it per household, right, which is what is normally done, I might add, it's even more misleading, right? Because then you would say this household has an income of 100,000, yeah. which means that you're effectively treating this as if everybody had the same income, yeah. right? Uh, which means that you would have a Gini coefficient of zero this time, right? We're treating it as if everybody had the same. I guess, yes. Yeah. And you make no differentiation for, about it whatsoever. Um, and if you look at, for example, what would happen under this condition if Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates would move in together to work on a project? Yeah, a total, yeah, a genie would grow a would lot. Explode. Yeah. Right? It would explode. Um, because now it, it's accounted as if it was one person because they left together. Right? Yeah. And another point is what happens is if the household composition changes, like, and, and this is a relevant factor, for example, if nowadays people start getting married older, mm. this might change the inequality statistic, right? Because you're accounting for them separately, and then it seems like they have less money. Instead of if they would have gotten married, it might seem as if the households were richer, because then you add up the income. I see. Right, so, so changes in when you get married change inequality, which again is weird. Yes, I guess, but you you would count also this household. We four are living here, not married, but this would be one household. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. In that case, it is. Yeah, my, my similar point is is there is a sort of uh, another factor which changes this, right? Which is normally not thought about, and and I think most people their intuition would be that how people live, right? If they live in one house or the other, should have nothing to do with inequality. Yeah, yeah, like if. If the richer only if the rich only married marry rich people, then the inequality would grow from one year to the next. But there would be no real inequality. Exactly. No, no real more, not more yeah. real inequality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's illusory, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and to and to finish, and then we can uh, talk freely uh, about this. I I ask sort of what would perfect equality even mean? And so here's an example where we sort of try to, to think about such a scenario, like the best possible scenario of equality. So we're going to assume that there is a, a country in which everybody earns the same if they have the same experience. Right? We make no differentiation if you are a, a computer programmer or if you're cleaning streets. Right? We're okay. going to assume that everybody gets paid exactly the same if you have the same years of work. Right? Okay. Because, I don't know, equality, right? So, for example, um, everybody who is 20 years of age 
earns ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And we are going to assume that the subsistence cost, so the cons that that you have for a living, is five thousand dollars. So you would have five thousand dollars left after paying all of your basic. Uh, and ten percent of that you're gonna save. So you would have an annual savings of five hundred dollars. Hmm. Okay. And that's that's basically the the whole way of thinking about it. The only difference is, okay, if you have ten years working. You're gonna earn a little bit more, right? Because okay. you have more experience and so on. So your income is no longer ten thousand, maybe twenty thousand. Yeah. Right? And we do this until you get sixty years old. At the end, you earn fifty thousand, right, mm -hmm. a year. And every year you keep on saving, right? And you yeah. save every year a little bit more because you have more left. Yeah. So even under these conditions, which are like a dream, right? Mm -hmm. Is even under these conditions, the conclusion would be that at a given point in time. The top 17% control 45% of all savings. So, in other words, the 17% control 45% of resources. Mm -hmm. And the top 17% have five times the income of the bottom 17%. Oh, I see. In what way could this be problematic? It's not apparent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and... and so my point is that the greatest amount of the Gini coefficient, of the inequality that you see, can be explained by the simple fact, which more people don't find astounding or problematic, that if you're older and you have more experience, you earn more money, right? And you, you saved a little bit exactly. on the way. Yeah, so if, if you're older, you have saved for more time. I mean, no wonder that you have more money than somebody who is younger. Yes, of course, that would be, uh, that would be unfair if my parents earn the same amount I do and have the same wealth i have yeah that would be totally crazy and unfair yeah. like of course i have more money than i do yeah because obviously they just lift more yeah. yeah but but nobody but nobody ever mentions this right so they, they throw the number 0 0.7 right it's it's <laughs> inequality genie yeah. yeah exactly exactly without mentioning that i don't know like 0 0.5 of the genie is simply being explained by the fact that some people are older yeah and that when you're a baby you have zero yeah, obviously. Yeah. So right, so here at the end, um, giving you all of this info, we're gonna talk about. Yeah, the question that I ask myself: um, Who cares? Why? Why, do, why does inequality matter in the first place? Mm -hmm. Yes, after all you have said. So, first, it doesn't tell us, tell tell us anything about the well-being of the people. Then it's not clear how to measure it mm -hmm. and then we don't look at the natural inequality that would come out of people just working living longer and saving a little bit on the way correct so it's a complex issue and at the end what you get out of it is not really clear exactly yes yeah so from that, I mean that it's to to understand what is uh, being talked about, to understand what is being measured, and then to look at the sort of statements that are made. They become uh, ridiculous, right? Mm. I mean, uh, would anybody say that the inequality that we saw at the moment, um, from the simple fact that people grow older and save more, would anybody say that that has a bad effect on democracy? That it destabilizes the country? That it 
uh, or that it destroys health opportunities. No, I mean, that, it's ridiculous. That it increases drug abuse. Yeah, <laughs> I would argue the opposite, right? If, if, if there would not be a function, right? if, if you could not even, right, uh, have more money for the fact that you have worked longer and older, then I'm sure there would be social distress, yeah. right? I mean, my, my parents would go mad, right? They have worked their entire lives. No, no wonder they're a little bit more. So, yeah, I think, I think when, you, when you look at it that way, it's, become, it's really ridiculous. Yes, uh, also the thing you said about relative poverty, that it's almost, yeah, it's impossible to solve it yeah. if you think one minute about it. Um, it makes absolutely no sense to talk about it. And I don't know wh why people don't, why wouldn't you, you talk about absolute poverty? Like, why wouldn't that be your focus? And as you showed in, at the beginning, we are doing great at Fantastic. poverty. Like, there has been never so few poor people in the entire history of humankind. And that's amazing. That's something we should be celebrating. And nobody mentions that ever. Yeah. Like, in, in 10 years, poverty could be zero yeah that's awesome that's amazing right and, and one could ask oneself what happened there right so and i'm gonna make the wild claim uh that it probably was not um development help from rich countries I, that, that wasn't it right yeah. um and i think it's to 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 see the way that they complain about inequality right but also at the same time not mention that right because they don't even mention it they don't even mention the fact that people are by any absolute standards better off than they have ever been mm. in the history of humankind yeah but then you complain about inequality i mean it's strange right yeah i i brought another issue uh which i, f I found uh, really uh, i don't know interesting maybe like people who talk a lot about inequality i will summarize them as leftist mm -hmm. um or people from the left like why do they care, care so much about money? Why are we talking only about money? Like is money the most important aspect of human life? And that's why we're looking at income inequality. Why not happiness? Like I would argue happiness is the, is the standard we should be looking for. Why doesn't we talk about happiness inequality? Yeah. And it's interesting because they would say oh no money is not important money is not the most important thing in 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 life and yet they are so obsessed with this issue yep and it's only about money yeah i mean if you look at, at marx right his entire analysis of history is sort of a materialistic approach it is entirely based on how humans relate to goods and services right the entire thing yeah is all about production and right? <laughs> he only talks about that. Yeah. Like, even adam smith Right, it's much more. Um, like, see, he looks at much more factors, right, mm. than just like material stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting that they say they say capitalists are materialists and only think about money. Yeah. Yet, all this issue is only about money yeah. and looks and they completely ignores everything else. Yeah, that's that's the worst thing yeah, you yeah, can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yes, uh, that's um. That's that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's really I don't know why why they would, and they they don't talk about poverty. Like, it, we are not looking. Oh yes, but I'm 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 talking about that some people have too little to live. Yeah, that then talk about absolute poverty, but not 
they, they're not talking about absolute yeah. poverty. Yeah. They're talking about inequality. And uh, yes. Yeah, it's, no, it's, and, and if you look, I, I would one step further. Um, I, I, I went to, a, like last week, to a presentation about inequality here in the University of mm -hmm. Heidelberg. And I asked the guy, sort of, look, uh, would you be willing to decrease inequality even if, if, even if it is bad for the poor? Mm -hmm. And he didn't even give me an answer, right? He sort of danced around it, right? So it was really uncomfortable for him as if I had said something, something strange, right? And if you look at and read Piketty, right? He even admits that many of the proposals that he uh, wants for taxes and stuff, he admits this is not going to bring more revenue, right? It is not clear if this is going to actually help the people who are worse off. <laughs> it's not about them, right? It's an issue on principle that it has to be less unequal. And it's a good in itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I, I don't recognize all this issue about inequality. I don't mm. see it as an ideal. Like, why would you want to be equal as anybody else? Like, it's, for example, I work thir 30 hours a week because money is not the most important thing for me right now. Learning is. So I want to have some time to learn. But there are some other people who work 40 hours a week and because they maybe they have a family and they have to earn more or, or I don't know, they just like to work more and uh, because of it we are in unequal they yeah. are earning more money than i do and what would it take to, to to make this equal like do do they have now to take money from them and give them to me or or not let them work that much or maybe i have to work more to to be equal maybe yeah and uh what if someone is like a better programmer than me because he's uh, programming since he's 10 and I only since I'm 20 does he has to earn the same amount than I do like what I mean is all the, the only way to solve this issue is through force like you have to restrict people somehow that they don't do what they want to do like you would have to take money from them or yeah uh, say they can't work as much as I do, or I have to work more, or some other way, but not like how we would like to, because nobody uh, is forcing me to work or or yep. them to work more. Like there is no force involved at, at this moment, but it wouldn't take force and violence to solve this issue. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, right? But the use I was thinking about it. You know, the, the word redistribution, right? Mm -hmm. So what redistribution actually only means, what it only entails is that you change the distribution of resources, right? Yeah. It says nothing about the methods. So uh, the market is the most redistributive system that has ever existed in the history of humankind. I'm redistributing every day when I buy something, right? When I go out, um, it's ridiculous. They, don't, they mean a very specific kind of redistribution. They mean a kind of redistribution which is coerced, right? By force. That's what they mean when they use a distribution. Yeah. But they don't even have to state it, right? Because yeah. we know that that's what they meant. Yeah. And and how how can anything that involves force be moral? Like. Yeah. I mean that's that's, uh, that's really. That's an additional point. Yeah. But but let me let me add on that before you before you continue, uh, which is the point that I wrote here in the, in the presentation. Uh, there is no social wealth. Right? I mean, the, the, the way that this is, uh, all of the statistics, they sort of group all income together as if we had all produced it together. And then we look how we, who gets what piece, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um, no, uh, uh, persons, uh, individuals earn money and it is their stuff, right? So this, my, lap, my laptop right here, 
It's yes. mine, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not anybody else's. Um, so I think what we're thinking of in this sort of collectivist fashion, you forget the fact that it's not simply resources that are lying there and we look like how we how we div- divide them. Yeah. No, they're on, on people's hand, what they produce, what they earned, and that people voluntarily gave to them. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the only way, like there's no way I would uh, want to be equal to other people. The only way where I see equality, where I strive for equality and fight for it is equality before the law. Mm-hmm. And that's necessary because we are not equal. If we were equal, then we wouldn't need a law because we are the same. Yeah, yeah. Why would we need a law for it? Um, and the thing is, equality before the law is incompatible with income inequality. Um, and to make this clear, I, I because what the law is, is like we have the same process for all the people and mm-hmm. we apply the process equally to everyone yeah. else. And now imagine when you write a test in a university or a school or I know um, there's equality before uh, the test or the teacher or whatever it's the same process so everyone has the same amount of time to get finished nobody can use any extra resources only their mind and they have to 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 do the the test and at the end of the test some will uh, have good grades and some not and it would be crazy to talk about great the redistribution <laughs> like you know it's it would be completely absurd to say oh yes but look at the 20 percent of the class who has 80 yeah, percent they, of the they best control 80 percent yeah. of the grades yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we have to redistribute no it was the same process everyone had the same chance and then yeah. of course the outcome will be different yeah uh, uh, and it's the same in 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 real life well of course not the same because we don't have absolute equality before the law because uh, we prioritize some groups uh, Mm -hmm. before others and that's why I mean like it's incompatible equality before the law is incompatible with income inequality because if you're rich and you have to take something from him to give it to the poor because he's rich and so you're treating people uh, differently I I know there's a a quote I don't know who who said it it was like um, if people are free they're unequal if they're equal, they're slaves, right? So, and, and that's the entire point, right? So, if people people are different, they have different abilities, and if you let them free, they are going to be unequal, right? So that's that's the point that you're making about the equality in the law. Right? We we want to treat you equally, and because you are unequal, right? Which yeah. is it's a fact. Obviously, you're gonna have unequal results, yeah. right? That's the consequence of being free. So the only way to change a process that comes from freedom is by coercion, right? By so saying, hey, you don't get to build that much. Hey, Bill Gates, you earned too much money. Now you have to give it away. Yeah. But that's the only way. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> at this point, uh, it's completely absurd to talk about inequality. Inco- uh, more absurd to talk about income inequality as any yeah. kind of measure of anything. Yeah, absolutely. So I would, yes, I would argue uh, we can talk about poverty. Correct. That could be a uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. justified issue. Yeah. And we can look at the ways we can solve that issue. And I think I have some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some solutions. Yeah. Um well, yes, which is mainly equality before the law the law. And then make the make the process equally for everyone. And if the outcome is different, then respect that outcome. Yeah. I know and, and you know, if 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 Piketty or 
or other people who sort of like his way of thinking would like to send here their money to Africa, they can do it, right? They can do it anytime and they can decrease inequality. Right? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't get why they don't. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not even about that, right? It's about uh, forcing other people to to fix the problem that they apparently have, yeah. and imposing it. And well, the, the last one that I wanted to make is um, to look at results without looking at processes is really weird. But I mean, to to look at the outcome of inequality and to somehow say that that is unfair in itself is a really weird way of thinking, right? Because you don't know what led to that outcome, right? Yeah. So it makes a difference if I stole everything or if somebody, you know, wanted to give it to me because he wanted to help me or I sold him a product that we really liked. Um, so we need to think about what led to inequality, right? And, and, it, and this goes to the point that you mentioned, which is if the way that this inequality was created is in a context where people were eated, uh, treated equally under the law and they exchange goods and services voluntarily, then any amount of inequality is okay right? yeah. because it's a consequence of freedom. Yeah, it's absolutely irrelevant. Exactly, it's irrelevant. Irrelevant. I mean, who cares, right? So people gave money to him. Who are you then, as a third person who had nothing to do with this, to come in here and say, oh, no, 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 that's so unequal. You don't get to buy that, right? Stop, stop that. Stop buying iPhones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we have uh, set our piece. <laughs> yes, I think, yeah. Yeah, and, and and for you, so think about all the any example where the process is the same or uh, as equally as possible. For example, football, like any exactly. or any sport, like the they the, there are the same rules, and then at the end, someone wins, and there are some teams who win a lot, and. <laughs> Do you talk about inequality there? Of course not. Like, do you want to every team win equally? Do you want that kind? Would you watch that? Yeah. And and think you about get, any you example. You get two additional players if you lose. Right? So <laughs> so one team steals one player from the other because they're doing too well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make absolutely no sense. And uh, there, it's it would be it becomes apparent how ridiculous it would be to to think about this. And. Uh, Yes, what we can talk about is that processes are not fair in the real world. Mm -hmm. But then, okay, then let, let's talk about processes. Why not? Correct. Why are some people treated differently than others? And how can we fix that? But that has nothing to do with inequality. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the last thing I would like to say, if if what you're interested in, if the, if the motivation behind this is a simple... Um, emotion of envy then I think inequality is a very important issue right so if this is if this is simply about the fact that you resent that somebody else was successful and you were not even though he didn't do it at your expense then inequality is a tremendous issue and we have to tackle it directly right uh, if, if we cannot tolerate the fact that some people are more successful than you are that they produce more in a fair fashion. If we cannot tolerate that, then we need to destroy inequality. The only way that we can, the, the, the feeling we necessitate to accept inequality and to see it as good is to accept the idea that if somebody doesn't harm anybody and he has produced something good, it is his. He gets to keep it. He has harmed nobody. He's innocent in every sense of the word. And that's where I would like to finish. That sounds like a good finish. So <laughs> I will let it at, it at that. Yeah.
Okay. Well, we see you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you. See you next week.